0: the lord in prayer heavenly father we thank you for victory in jesus and we thank you for peace that comes through knowing the lord jesus christ and we pray your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven hallelujah praise the lord we thank you lord for the opportunity to be together we thank you for the special spirit sweetness of the spirit in this place Thank you for our choir as they led us, Brother Scott and the others, the instrumentalists to the throne of grace. And we have met with you and we honor you and we praise you today. Now we come to hear your word. We ask that as we open the word of God, that we look at these words together, that there might be something for every person who's here or who hears my voice today. May they hear the words of God and may they be encouraged. <clears throat> may they hear the words of God and be challenged. May they hear the words of God and obey them. How we pray that today, during this season of time, we think of the, we think of the world and the misery of the world and the pain and the suffering of the world. And only the Lord Jesus Christ can give, can give hope and can give love and peace and joy. In the souls of those who would follow him. So we pray for the work of missionaries around the world. We pray for our work here. We pray that you might help us to share the gospel. May we be urgent about it. May we share with all of our heart. Now bless this time, Heavenly Father. We ask for just a little while where there's no distraction. Just a little while so that we might think about the things that we're going to hear from your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Again, Luke chapter 1 is where we'll be looking today. Good morning. If you're a guest with us, I'm Pastor Mike. We are honored to have you, and as Brother Todd mentioned earlier, uh, fill out one of those cards. Let us know who you are. We'd love to get better acquainted with you in the days ahead. Well, we're celebrating the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ at Christmas time. We're celebrating the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and waiting and praying, come Lord Jesus, for Him to come again. Everything in life is centered upon a relationship with Jesus Christ. And my prayer is for all of you who are here today that you already have a real relationship to Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 1, we'll be reading beginning in verse number 46. Luke chapter 1, verse number 46. Now Mary, the mother mother of the Lord Jesus Christ, leads us in praise today of the loving mercy of God. Mary, the mother of the Lord Jesus Christ, before before the Lord Jesus was born, while she was pregnant uh, by the Holy Spirit, she now praises God. She leads us in praising God. And so today we'll focus on her words and I'll read just a few of the verses. We'll be spending our time in Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse number 46, and we'll read through verse number 50. And Mary said, My soul exalts the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regard for the humble state of his bondslave. For behold, from this time on all generations will count me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is His name. And His mercy is upon generation after generation toward those who fear Him. Let's look again at verse number 50. This is our focus today. And His mercy is upon generation after generation toward those who fear Him. Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word and may the Holy Spirit be our teacher now in Jesus' name. Amen. Our focus today is this, that Jesus Christ is God's loving mercy to every generation. Now we are blessed at First Baptist Church to have a multi-generational church. Boys and girls, I'm so glad you come. I'm glad you come to worship. I'm glad you bring your Bibles. I see you out there and I'm glad you turn and follow along. I'm so glad. And students who are here, may the Lord bless you. And all the way up through our senior adults here and every other age of adult, we are blessed people here. At First Baptist, we, we deal with all the generations that God has given to us. From our youngest babies, why someone came in my office. to Here we have another Baptist baby. They brought the Baptist baby in so that I could see the latest Baptist baby. Praise God all the way to our seniors that are here multi-generations in this church. And every generation in this church has the same opportunity to experience the loving mercy that comes through Jesus Christ. That's the good news of the gospel. That's what Christmas is all about. So Jesus Christ is God's loving mercy to every generation. What do we preach? What do we teach? Who do we follow? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the center of our lives. He is the focal point around which we talk about everything at this church. He is the center of all of Scripture, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is God's loving mercy to every generation. And who who would be better than Mary, the mother of Jesus Christ? Who would be better than Mary than to talk about the loving mercy of God? Here she was, a young woman, just a young woman, Still a virgin and yet now conceiving by the power and miracle of the Holy Spirit. So loving mercy has come to every generation in Jesus Christ the Lord. So Mary helps us today. I have three observations from these verses that I'd like for us to focus on. It's verse 46, it's verse 49, and it's verse number 50. Number one, I want to talk to you for a moment about how Mary glorifies The God of loving mercy who saves. She glorifies the God of loving mercy who saves. She breaks into praise. I'll make more about this in just a moment. Secondly, Mary glorifies the God of holy loving mercy. She glorifies the God of holy loving mercy who does great things. For the mighty one has done great things for me and holy is his name is verse 49. Verse number 46, "My soul exalts the Lord, My spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. Notice, she rejoices in God, my Savior. She glorifies God for His loving mercy in salvation. She glorifies the holy loving mercy of God who does great things. That's verse number 49. And then she glorifies uh, she glorifies the God of faithful, loving mercy, who is for all generations, as I mentioned at the beginning as she quotes these wonderful words from Psalm 103, 17. And His mercy is upon generation after generation toward those who fear Him. So when we get to this, we see first of all, Mary is one who has experienced salvation. She is, as I've mentioned to you in earlier uh, talks about this. She is a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, just like us. Though she is a blessed one, and she is blessed among women, because of being chosen by God, chosen sovereignly, chosen by God to be the mother of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of those reasons uh, still are in the mind and purposes and counsel of God. We do not know them. We do honor her because she is the mother of the Lord Jesus Christ, mother. A mother like no other mother. A mother uh, who who conceived her child by the Holy Spirit's power. Yet nevertheless, she followed the Lord Jesus Christ. She heard him teach. She brought him up. When he could not care for himself, she cared for him. And so here she is in these moments while she is pregnant and she glorifies God. I want to begin by noticing what she says. My soul exalts the Lord. Now, I want to ask you all a question today about your life. I want to ask you, I don't want to ask you, how are you? But here's what I want to ask you. Uh, John Wesley and the early Methodists, when they would meet for their meetings, they would always gather together and. the The first question they would ask in their, what we would call their Sunday schools or their Bible studies or their groups. They would ask one another, how is your soul, brother? How is your soul, sister? So I ask all of you that I'm looking at today, how is your soul? How is your soul? How is your soul? Your soul is made up of your mind, your will, your emotions, and your passions. So I'm asking you today, what is the condition of your mind as you've come to worship? I'm glad you're here. It's been good for you to be here. We want you to be here. We praise God that you're here. But what kind of condition is your mind really in today? You must be honest now. God knows what's in your mind right now. It's hard, isn't it? We live in a distracted world. We live in a world where it's it's difficult to focus our minds. But I'm asking you all, look, as we come to worship today... Uh, Brother Scott in the choir has sought to focus our minds around praising the Lord Jesus. But I'm asking you again. Mary says, my soul exalts the Lord. So what are you doing? How is your soul today? You see, this is why we come. We come to hear God's word. We come so that the Holy Spirit will confront us and remind us of the condition of our soul. What, what's your will? What's the condition of your will today? Have you chosen to do whatever you want to do? Have you chosen to, uh, to not do the will of God? Are you refusing and are you rebelling against God right now? Or are you submitting to Him as a follower? How are your emotions? You say, oh, Pastor Mike, they're just afraid. I'm just falling apart. I'm, I'm fearful. I'm dreading. I'm, I'm depressed. I'm discouraged. Mary says, my soul exalts the Lord. What about your passions? What about your affections? what is the condition of your soul you know this becomes very important for you if you're going to have an effective christian life if you're going to be fruitful as a christian if you're going to grow in christ's likeness you must pay attention to the condition of your soul so mary exalts the lord with her soul but in her spirit what did the lord say to us those who worship him we worship in spirit and in truth our spirit is connecting to the Holy Spirit within us. And there is this mysterious thing that happens as we worship and as we meet God. And Mary says, my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. Look, if you are saved today, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there ought to be a deep joy in your life because you know that you've been saved from your sin, saved from your selfishness, saved from these old ways. So she rejoices in, in her spirit, in the God who saves her. She rejoices that she's been chosen to be the mother of Jesus Christ. She doesn't know what all that means, uh, but she'll learn more about it as time goes by. She'll ponder and put things in her heart as she observes uh, the growth and development of the Lord Jesus and all that He does. She rejoices also in a miraculous thing that happens uh, to her own cousin. We read in these words that uh, the angel came. This is Luke one thirty six. The angel, while speaking to Mary, and I'm going to say more about that in a moment, uh, says that your relative Elizabeth has conceived a son in her old age. That's a miracle. She has uh, she who was barren is now in her sixth month. That's a miracle. I mean, there was no Google in her day. There was no telephone for Elizabeth to call and tell Mary uh, this news. And all this time, Mary's been there in Nazareth and here uh, uh, her cousin is in another place. And lo and behold, she finds out from the angel this wonderful, wonderful truth, this miracle. And so now we see two great miracles that take place here because Mary goes to be with her cousin And what does Mary say, my friends, in verse 38? Behold, the the bond slave of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Look, Mary glorifies the Lord in her soul because she knows she's been saved and she sees herself as the servant of God. Do you today? Who are you serving today? Who is it that you serve? Well, she also glorifies God who is holy and loving in mercy and does great things. What does she say to us in verse 49? The mighty one has done great things for me. Well, let's just go back and recount it. Luke chapter one, verse number 28. She's been chosen for a special task. That's right. She's been chosen. She was selected. She was chosen out of all the other young women virgins of the day in nazareth she was chosen as i said before we do not understand in the mystery of god in his glorious purposes why we have some indications from places in the word of god but look what the angel says verse 28 greetings favored one greetings favored one she knew that she had been saved and that god had done great things here's a miracle of miracles every person i'm speaking to today who's saved, you also are chosen in Christ. You are a chosen one. You are a favored one. You are someone upon whom the grace of God has come. And it's come because of his loving mercy. Uh, the, The angel says, greetings favored one, the Lord is with you. And then he goes on, don't be afraid. Verse 31, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you will call his name Jesus. Verse 32, he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, 33. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will have no end. Mary says something here, how can this be? How can I become, how can I be pregnant? I am a virgin. And then we have this unbelievable, mysterious, glorious supernatural statement of the angel explaining the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ and his conception in Mary's womb. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you and for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. And what did the angel say? Verse 37, nothing will be impossible with God. Some of you in this room are facing what you think is an impossible situation in your life. You're in it right now. You wonder, is there any solution? You wonder, will I, ever, will I ever overcome this? Will I ever be able to bear with what I'm going through? You're looking at your circumstance and it seems that it's impossible. It might be related to your family. might be related to your health, your job. It might be related to your relationships with others. It might be related to your relationship to the world around you. Seems impossible. It seems impossible. But the angel says, oh, by the way, your relative... Is who was barren is now six months pregnant, and you will be you will conceive of the Holy Spirit, the Holy One of God, the Son of God. And what does she say? Praise God! Whatever is your will, I will do it. So, what does Elizabeth say? Verse forty-one. Here's I'm just I'm just recounting the great things that Mary says God has done for her. So she goes to see Elizabeth, verse forty-one, when she greets uh, her cousin. Uh, she's filled with the Spirit. Oh here again, we find someone who meets uh, who meets the Lord Jesus, even in the womb, there is the Holy Spirit of God surrounding His birth, coming. and what does she do? In the Holy Spirit, uh, Elizabeth, filled with the Spirit, cries out with a loud voice, and what does she say? Blessed are you, Blessed are you among women And Blessed is the fruit of your womb. So Mary says, My soul exalts the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in my God. He is my Savior. And then she says, He has done great things for me. She goes on to say how God has shown greatness in His uh, loving, uh, loving mercy. She goes on to say to us, he has regard for the humble state of his bondservant. I'm just reading verse 48. For behold, from this time on, generations will count me blessed. She describes the other great things that God does in loving mercy. He has done mighty deeds with his arm, verse 51. He has scattered those who were proud in the thoughts of their heart, verse 52. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, and he has exalted those who were humble. And then she again Uh, Breaks into praise of the Word of God. And she quotes here and says, Psalm 107 9, He has filled the hungry with good things. This is what God does in His mercy. This is what God does in His loving mercy. When He sent the Lord Jesus Christ, He sent us the loving mercy of God in the person of Christ. So while we're on this, I want us to think for a moment about the mercy, the loving mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. And while you have your Bible there in Luke, just if you would like to turn over to Luke chapter 18 for just a moment, I'm just going to read and comment briefly on a man named Bartimaeus. This is Luke 18, verses uh, if beginning in verse 35. Boys and girls, if you don't know about blind Bartimaeus, here's a man who had impossible things going on in his life. Luke 18, beginning in verse 35, Jesus was approaching Jericho and a blind man was sitting by the road begging. Stop. That's enough right there. Look at the impossible circumstances in Bartimaeus' life. He was begging. He had nothing. He was begging. He was begging. Some of our men just recently were in South Asia and their hearts were touched as they saw beggars there. Some of them who had leprosy and other skin diseases. They're holding out just no fingers, just their palm of their hand. Begging. Begging for anything. You see, a, someone who's begging has nothing. Someone who's begging has nothing. There he is. He's on the way to Jericho on the roadside. He's probably been there multiple days. We don't know how many years. But he's also blind. This is the condition of our world. I don't want you to forget this. This is important, dear people. As we celebrate the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, as we celebrate His loving mercy, the world, the world is filled with people who are blind and begging, blind and begging. What does it do to your heart as someone who has been saved by the loving mercy of God when you see the misery, the impossible circumstances of people all around you? What does it do to you? Well, we read on. So the crowd's coming along and he hears about the crowd and he says, "Who? What's this all about? Verse 37 they told him Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. So what does he do? He hears it's Jesus of Nazareth. He hears it's Jesus of Nazareth. The word was out about Jesus of Nazareth. This man was different from any other man. This man had the power of God on him. This man could heal And he says, he calls out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The crowd says, be quiet. Would you please just be quiet? He continues to say, son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. He doesn't know which way to turn. He turns in every direction. He's a blind man. He's there with his pitiful beggar clothes on in a beggarly condition and he's crying out, Son of David, have mercy on me. And what does the Lord do? Pass by because he has somewhere to go? Does he get caught up in the crowd and all their praise? Wait a minute. As he hears this begging blind man cry, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped. He stopped. When he heard the cry for mercy. I hope you're listening to me. The Lord Jesus still hears the cry of those in their misery who beg. That's right. Beg for mercy. You've tried everything else in your life to somehow overcome your circumstances. But you see, when we find out and hear about the Lord Jesus Christ, we beg for mercy. And what do we hear come out of it? So the Lord stops, verse 40, and he commands that he's brought to him. And when he came near to him, he questions him. And look what the Lord says, what do you want me to do for you? You see, that's the mercy, the loving mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. When you pray, when you don't even know what words to say, you see, praying is not in fancy words. Prayer is in your approach that you're coming to God through the Lord Jesus because you believe he will hear you and he will listen to you and you see here's what mercy says loving mercy says what do you want me to do and he says Lord I want to regain my sight verse 42 what did the Lord do? For the man who begged for mercy. Are you listening? What did he do for the man who begged for mercy? He said, receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. Let's pause to praise God's loving mercy for a moment. Let's pause. I want you to think about, look. Don't just come here to go through the exercise of worship. Take deeply in what I'm talking to you about today. I'm looking at a room full of people and you're looking at a man standing before you who all are recipients of the loving mercy of God. And guess what? None of us deserve it. Did you know that? None of us deserve it. You are a recipient of the loving mercy of God. Even those who are without Christ the Lord is merciful, has given them another day of life, an opportunity to be saved and come to know the Lord. He's merciful to some of you Christians who are here today. You've walked away from God. Your spiritual life is not in the condition it ought to be in. He's being merciful to you. But oh, if you will come to him, if you will come to him, he is the one. You come to the throne of grace. That's the way we read it in the Word of God. You come to the throne of grace and you find mercy. You, you see, God is listening. He's listening as we call in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for mercy. Let's, let's pause and praise God for His loving mercy. He saves us. He forgives us. He protects us. He disciplines us. He, he answers us when we pray. He provides for us. All these things we have because of the great, wonderful, wonderful, Wonderful riches of his mercy and greatness of his love. Which leads me to the third thing for just a moment. Mary glorifies the God of faithful, loving mercy. Uh, long, not long. So, what does the word mercy mean? I should have mentioned it. Mercy simply means uh, it means a kindness that's extended or shown to miserable people. That's what mercy is. It's kindness, which we know is love. It's kind love shown to miserable people. You know anybody that's miserable today? I do. You know anybody that's miserable? They're living in their sinfulness and they think it's a joy. They they thought last night what they did was going to give them joy. And now they suffer again today. They're living in misery. They can't get past it. Well, Paul said it this way in Ephesians 2. He said, God being rich in mercy. Listen. I'm going to give you a phrase here. Ephesians 2.4, God being rich in mercy, listen, because of His great love with which He loved us. You see, this is the beauty of God's great perfections. He is the one who is rich in mercy, and in His riches of His mercy, He shows love to us. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. The love of God was shown to the world when we were rebels and haters of God, doing whatever we chose to do. So I want you today to think about, meditate on this. I'll just turn the phrase a couple of ways for you. God is rich in mercy through the Lord Jesus Christ. But secondly, God is great in love through the Lord Jesus Christ. Another way, God is merciful love through the Lord Jesus Christ. God is loving mercy through the Lord Jesus Christ. God is loving mercy through the Lord Jesus Christ. And God's love is always merciful. Someone said to me the other day, Pastor Mike, I just don't, I just worry so much about my grandkids. What will it be like for them? Oh, can I answer that for you? Can I answer that for you? It's right here in your Bible His mercy is upon generation after generation toward those who fear Him. You see, your grandchildren must be pointed to Jesus Christ. Your great-grandchildren, your friends, your neighbors, what will be? Why the mercy of God, you see, the grace of God extends across the generations until Jesus comes again. So today we rejoice and we celebrate in the fact, just like Mary, our souls exalt because Jesus Christ in His loving mercy, saves us. We rejoice today because as Mary, we glorify a God who does mighty things through His holy, loving mercy. See, His mercy is holy, perfect, complete, without sin. What He does has no sin in it. It's holy, loving mercy, and we glorify God for His faithfulness in our generation. You know, you might be from a family. I know some in our church. You might be the only Christian in your entire family. You might be the only one. And I want you to remember this today. His mercy is upon generation after generation toward those who fear Him. You see, His faithfulness is reliable and dependable and eternal. If we will turn to Him, He will help us. So today, have you considered the ways God has shown His mercy to you? Just as we finish now. This is for you. I asked you at the beginning, how's your soul? How can you not have joy? How can you not rejoice in all your circumstances when you have been shown such great loving mercy? How can you not be a merciful person? How can you not be a loving person when you have been shown Loving mercy beyond anything you would ever deserve. I'm asking us all at Christmas time, you've got a lot to do, don't you? Boy, busy schedules, the calendars full. We got all kinds of stuff going on up here at the church. You got everything at home. You gotta make all white you gotta make all the, the stuff to get ready for people to come. Will there be any time, will there be any time, my dear brothers and sisters, for you to sit down. Maybe today's the day. You sit down quietly for a while this afternoon and you consider, you consider the great loving mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ for you. You see, that leads to thankfulness and joy in our lives. So what do we do with all this? I've got these four words for you and we're done. Remember it. Remember God's loving mercy through the Lord Jesus Christ. Rejoice in it. Live in it. And pray for it. Pray for loving mercy from the Lord Jesus Christ. My soul exalts the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior, Mary says, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Can you say that? The mighty one has done great things for me and holy is his name and his mercy is upon generation after generation toward those who fear him to the praise of the glory of his grace. To the praise of the glory of His grace. His loving mercy extends from generation to generation. And the Lord is near to the door. He is coming again. He is soon to come. We wait for His return. And we rejoice in His first coming. And so we pray today. And we ask the Lord, come Lord Jesus. Come Lord Jesus. Thank you for listening.